Hey there. If you're going to do any shopping on Amazon, consider going to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and using our referral links there. You go to the same Amazon as usual, and it doesn't cost you anything extra, but uh, your purchases there go a long way towards helping cover the expenses of the show. Once again, that is duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and check out those links. Thanks. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. Yes, and this week we are reading your responses to King of Dragon Pass. Indeed. So yeah, so thanks you guys for reaching out for that. If you have anything to say about our next game, Blaster Master, you can hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Um, but for now, I'll get us started here with Tim, who says via contact. King of Dragon's Pass is probably my favorite iOS game. From the start... This game sucks you in with its storytelling introduction, where you're asked to make decisions that will impact your whole game. After the intro, King of Dragon Pass tosses you into a world that isn't all that different from the world's feature in the writings of Robert E. Howard. You rule a barbarian tribe in a world full of wonder and danger. I find it amusing that, in a way, the game is a cow-raising sim. Your success is determined by how many cows you have and how much you are willing to give up to help yourself out of a jam. While the tribe management sim is neat, the best this game has to offer comes from events. Anything can happen. You can find a tribe of duck people, have a member of your tribe get turned into an orc that never shuts up, shuts up about it, damn you, Thattert, <laughs> um, or even find some eggs that hatch into a triceratops that you can train into battle mounts. Oh, man. Now I need yeah, to I play that, this. <laughs> yeah, big horns, big fun. Um, <laughs> overall, an excellent game that I appreciate a lot for its hodgepodge of genres that it glues together. I'm sad I missed it when it was released for PC. Yeah. I'll end with some tips. Uh, build a shrine to a deity that gives you access to a spell that aids in exploration. She makes your exploration attempts more likely to succeed. Have a trickster on your council, a guy that worships the trickster god. Uh, he makes the game more interesting. The ducks are your friends. Always help them. They will help you out when you're in a bind and need food. They also have a lot of fun events that would be ashamed to miss. They count as beastmen, so take that into account during the intro. You don't want to be a tribe that hates them. The horse spawn, grazers, dragons, and ogres are assholes. Try not to mess with them. And never give away artifacts unless it's something that has a detrimental effect when used. Yeah. All Indeed. very solid tips. Don't piss off yeah. the ducks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. Like, it is a cow-raising sim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like SimCity. Or not SimCity, Harm's Moon, <laughs> in that respect. Yeah. So, Davide. Uh, writes mm -hmm. in via contact saying, ah, King of Dragon Pass. It harkens back to that short time from the early 2000s in which tons of small grade games started coming out on PC and being played by a total of about four or five people. Although calling King of Dragon Pass small is probably doing it a disservice as it most probably is the biggest game book known to mankind. While some of the most mechanical aspects of it, like the battles, are very hit and miss in that they won't work just, uh, uh, sorry, um, in that when they work, they're just uninteresting. But when the random number generator uh, decides uh, that you lose, you wish you were reading sorcery instead. Uh, the game has immense historic value uh, as one of the, the few games, uh, or even really the only one, uh, which managed to smoothly integrate choose your own adventure mechanics in a, into a procedural structure. Also, having followers uh, of the trickster god in your council is absolutely hilarious. And then he goes on to uh, uh, tell us that we are overpronouncing his name. So I hope I did it the first, did it right this time. Is it? Uh, oh, wait, so if, okay. If you do it in a Mario voice, you probably have it right. Davide. Davide. So is David is David overpronouncing it? I can't tell mm. which one is overpronouncing it. I don't know. Maybe Davide is overpronouncing it. David. I can't. Like Davidi, I can't really think of very many other ways it's, to overprint. Like they all seem like over and under pronouncing it. Yeah, uh, it's it's a me. 
Yeah, it's, it, it's us. We are sorry. <laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't mean any disrespect. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, th- those are all again all true. This is so complicated and so much more complicated than other game books we've done. Mm-hmm. Like we've done sorcery and we've done nine nine nine, and like when you think about the branching, like nine 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 had a lot of articulation points. Yeah, not like this though. I mean, not like this. Like, <laughs> not like that is that, that's not that has six endings. Like that's yeah. not nearly as complicated as this. Well, this only has one ending, but like it's it's not a, it's not branches. It's like you have small little things that will branch, but it's more of like a scoreboard. It's like a matrix of stuff that it's keeping track of. Yeah. As opposed to like locking you out of any one story. Yeah, you st- you end up on this series of tributaries, and you end up having a different river behind you, mm-hmm. kind of every time. But you don't know what those will look like yeah. initially at all. Like, it's not branches, like you said. It's, like, just different, uh, like, a flow chart, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, yeah, nothing. you don't get locked out of things. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think actually you do, obviously, because if you choose the Beastman as your enemy, then that's a whole host of events Yeah. you do get locked out of. So mm-hmm. it's just you get locked out of so much that it seems like <laughs> it almost becomes, you know, less uh, less meaningful than if you had only been locked out of one or two things. Right. Like, or harder to grasp, I guess, would be a better way to put it. Um, yeah, it is crazy complicated but in a way that is really satisfying um i would actually disagree that when the battle goes right they're boring um mm-hmm. i found the battles really satisfying to win hmm. um just be like the sound effects and the music and also just i'd become invested with my tribe yeah like it's not very interesting as far as a complicated you know it doesn't introduce complications it just made me feel good yeah like even if it is random number generator it feels a little bit like a slot machine yeah yeah it feels good to win a slot machine like it's the most boring arcade game in the arcade but like feels good (laughs) yeah um gordon by contact says i never heard about this game until it seemed to make a triumphant return to the world of the ios port so i swept it up as soon as it became available for android what a charming little game someone somewhere found out uh, about these things called books and cried out what this shit needs is roguelike elements (laughs) luckily they had their head about them when Ermal came by uh, with the rest of the bag of bad Kickstarter stretch goals because it manages to keep focused on the central idea. Little shorts which contribute to su- in subtle ways to the ongoing saga. Um, what will stick with me is uh, that for the first time playing a game, I actually found that the opacity of the mechanics actually contributed to my enjoyment. I way role-played semi-literate barbarians in the arse end of nowhere, they wouldn't know if having too many women on the clan ring would really affect our vitality, so why would the player? <laughs> All I had to go on was advice from uh, questionably competent advisors. Was my recent misfortune due to the disfavor of the gods or just arbitrary whims of nature? All I knew was that I wasn't going to be taking chances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is the uh, Kickstarter thing, was this game Kickstarted when it went to iOS? I don't know, actually. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't think so, but I could be wrong about that. Hmm. Oh, the, um, I think... It is the uh, the sequel to this that's coming out. The guy's working on a sequel called Six Ages. Welp. <laughs> um, but that's not, the, the Kickstarter hasn't launched or anything. I think he's still in the uh, process of making it. Hmm. So there is going to be a thing called Six Ages. Yes, which, which I his, will uh, play day one, I guess. Yeah, yeah, like I, I'm interested in that. Um, as a spiritual successor slash sequel made by the same guy. Yeah. That A-sharp guy, which, super cool. Yeah, neat. Hero. 
uh, let's see here. Uh, who have we got? We've got Zane who says, via contact, sit child and hear the sorrowful tale of Zane the Grand Manipulator. He was given the power to create a new world, one of whimsy and magic. His first attempt, however, was awkward and confusing. Directionless, he would demand raids during the harvest, insist on repeating hero quests without rest, and never, ever explored what, lawn be- <laughs> what lied beyond his sight. His peoples abandoned him and his resolve grew as desolate as his land. He wiped the slate clean, and with the bravery of Humacht and the wisdom of Lankormai, he began again. This time he blessed profitable trading routes, and told his followers to search every nook and cranny of his domain. He had learned the most efficient and reasonable ways of approaching problems, uh, and what he did not know about quests, he would ask of the foreign god, Wiki. Uh, <laughs> Um, it was a time of plenty. However, complacency brings trouble. And as he fell into a rhythm, checking in on his followers only once in a while, he planted the seeds of destruction in a ripe fertilizer made of forgetfulness. And so it came to pass that on the eve of his chosen people's ascendancy to the place of kings, all his work was ruined by the crag spider, whom he had offended many times through his negligence. (laughs) He may not return to the past for some time, but when he does, he'll be wary of its slow feedback and its addictive nature. Good. <laughs> yes. Go, go well, Zane. <laughs> go go well and stay out of the Northeast. Dear God, yeah. <laughs> that is the Crag Spider's realm, and if you piss them off, they will come after you, I swear. Yeah, don't... Crag Spiders ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, look up... It goes like this. The Rizza, <laughs> the Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, Crag Spider... <laughs> Master P. Um, Look at the ghost face spider. Um, Ghost face spider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, Have you seen the picture of the crag spider? Yeah. Okay. It's crazy. The it's weird, just mournful breasts. I I like it. Uh, (laughs) I like them shits. Uh, Danny says via contact. I first bought King of Dragon Pass on iOS on a whim and was surprised by how goddamn engaging it is. First off, the lore, as presented, is really quite reminiscent of early human mythology. I'm no expert on the subject, but the vagueness and contradictory nature of the game's myths and legends remind me of the proto-Indo-European religions. One quick, quick glance through the relevant Wikipedia articles will show what I mean. The Orlanthi culture itself really scratches my anthropology itch as well. Secondly, King of Dragon Pass sidesteps a rampant problem I've noticed in most strategy and simulation games, which is, by the mid-game, the systems are such that there's too much to keep track of, too much micromanagement to worry about as choices multiply but start losing importance. Think of the Civilization games, where turns last a minute at most during the first hour, but before too long, you're spending five minutes per turn moving all your military units and choosing what tiny incremental bonuses to focus on next. But the decisions uh, in King of Dragon Pass are usually a reaction to something, and they are always important. And despite the randomness, it is possible to be good at the game. Since you guys mentioned that you never touched the game before now, it'll be interesting to hear how you react to the overflow of information it tosses at you before you've even dipped your toes. Hopefully it won't turn you off, though I expect it might. I personally spent over 100 hours in King of Dragon Pass, Mm. uh, so it's hard for me to remember just how overwhelmed I must have been at first. That's a good point about Civ. The fact that you are just making two decisions um, each round, uh, you know, minus the events or whatever, um is uh is really important that you're not doing any like fiddly micromanagey kind of stuff like you are looking at the screens to determine what's going to be most advantageous and then just doing it every round kind of takes the same amount of time like you you do have to keep in mind the trail behind you oh yeah like the complexity does grow but it doesn't grow at the same rate that it does in civ and the 
know, the actual just number of clicks and number yeah. of things to look at each time. Yeah. It doesn't. And, you know, this is a game that doesn't really punish putting on blinders to a certain extent like if you choose a goal like if you go into the beginning of a year knowing that you're going to be in trouble for food you can kind of focus on that and that determines you know pretty much your 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 moves throughout the rest of that time you know mm. as you're trying to plan ahead like it's easier to set a goal for yourself there's less to distract you from it absolutely yeah how did you feel about that beginning actually um you know it took me a couple i started really early in the, mm -hmm. the spirit of full disclosure, like I was trying to get ahead for Watch Out for Fireballs game so I could focus on the book. And then I had, you know, little did I know I was going to have this ridiculous life breakup thing that made uh, made it harder to uh, kind of follow through on that. Mm -hmm. um, but when I first started it, I had, was able to go at a very leisurely pace so it didn't bother me. Yeah. Um, I think that Danny's right in saying that that is the kind of thing that traditionally can turn us off. Mm -hmm. um, we're both guilty of that. But in this case, I knew that it would be not my wheelhouse and complicated. Not not that I just would dislike it, but I'm not very versed in strategy games. Um, that I just went into it knowing it, and it helped a lot. Yeah. I kind of went into it. So the, I don't think that the actual mechanical stuff it's putting on you is is very difficult aside from like deciding what you want your first couple of initiatives to be um the thing that was more kind of troublesome for me was that opening tutorial kind of side of it where it's throwing a whole bunch of proper nouns at you before you have any real um uh familiarity with this world mm -hmm. or its rules and so trying to figure out what those what those were signifiers for um actually made uh making pretty simple decisions harder than they ought to be but that just <laughs> made me more curious about it i guess like they're hard but they're not none of them will sink you as long as you abide by them right you know so that was more of the issue like i knew going into i spoil that i had to pay attention and like jot down what i was doing there mm -hmm. um but and even in your clan will even remind you of that stuff yeah so if you go to make friends with the dragons one of your uh advisors will say like our ancestors were enemies of the dragons yeah so i didn't find that to be as much of a problem as just Figuring out those, like like I said, like how often should I be passing? Mm -hmm. How often should I be exploring? How often should I be sending out emissaries? You know, yeah. things like that, which it took me a little while to just get that rhythm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Greg writes in via contact saying, I picked this game up on Jodge, um, or Gog, when they originally added it around 2010. At first, I wasn't sure what to make of it, as the controls are a little clunky and the, tu uh, the, the tutorial isn't very good. The interface is crude, and it can be hard to see everything, and it's very challenging. My first several games went nowhere fast, as I had to overcome numerous issues. Too many people, not enough food, always getting raided, failing at quests. This is a game you have to pour over the manual for, and as it advises, try to think in, the in, in their time frame and not of the 20th century. Um, when I first heard that you guys were going to cover this, I went and bought the remake of the game on Steam to compare the two versions. It's a port of the Android version, and it shows. Most of the issues that I had with the older version were fixed or at least addressed in this version. There's a decent tutorial, and the interface is better. The amount of clicking is reduced as some things are streamlined, and the interface is better. Having said that, I don't like the fact that you only have one save, and it only fires when you quit the game. Not that I tend to save scum a lot, but it was uh, nice to be able to save before, you, before trying to do hero quests and so on. Also, I imagine this version would be a little easier to play on the phone. Having said that, I prefer the Steam version over the older GOG, GOG one, uh, since it has new events, looks and plays a bit better, and has a nice tutorial. 
Finally, there's no shame in looking at a walkthrough or a Let's Play on YouTube for this game. There's a lot in this game that is either not mentioned at all or just hinted at in the manual. Um, and knowing how things like the gods, the inner circle, and regions to explore, the treasures, and how to finish the hero quest can really help your enjoyment within the game. Uh, it can really cut down on your fr frustration with the game uh, and help you enjoy it more. I also agree that it's good to learn as much as you can about inner circle. Yep. And their <laughs> 1993 hit, Bad Boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got this uh, on Steam and I was origi originally planning to play it uh, there. Uh, because I wanted to be able to take notes. But as I discovered that it was really just a scaled up version of a touch interface that you were playing with a mouse, I was mm -hmm. like, uh-uh. And when I realized yeah. I was not going to have to take uh, copious notes about every single move I was going to make, I realized it's going to be better to just play this in bed and take screenshots. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's also what I did too. Yeah. Just to remember some of that stuff. And even the, like, I didn't talk about a lot of the screenshots I took. I just have them as memories because they're <laughs> funny little bits or badass illustrations. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think Greg is, is more or less uh, on the money there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and finally, I'll bring us to a close here with Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan says via contact. This is one of those gems that gives you great moments that you still think about years later. The storytelling just feels divine. I first got into this game when it was re-released for iOS and a friend recommended it. Being used to much simpler games on my iPhone uh, or my phone at the time, I was blown away by the depth this game provided. Even just the steps for clan creation had me practically giddy. I love how, right from the start, they just throw you into the deep end of the world's lore and gameplay at the same time. It takes away binary choices we're used to in games, i.e. must study social skills to be good at diplomacy, and engages the imagination. Who are these gods? What is this world? Tata the Green? <laughs> are the questions you're asking rather than how can I create the most badass of all clans? Uh, once you get into the game, it does become a little bit more daunting. Admittedly, it's hard to wrap your head around what you should be doing each turn or what overall strategy you should adhere to. But this also might just be my inability slash unwillingness to look hard enough beneath the hood, so to speak. I like to think that this uh, obfuscation is part of the experience of trying uh, to navigate foreign lands where any day could bring disaster or some small pleasant surprise. You have to be able to adapt and you have to be willing to live with the consequences of your decision when they come back the next year to bite you in the ass. These day-to-day -day events that occur start out seeming random, but by the end they feel handpicked as the perfect addition to your clan's history. I love navigating each situation with not just my clan's strengths and weaknesses in mind, but also how my clan, and more importantly, clan ring, will react. These interactions with your clan ring are what seal how well these stories come together. It's the system that I really wish these uh, more games would emulate. I almost forgot one of the best features of this game, being able to save and view a log of your entire adventure. For this game, it's a perfect fit, as it truly plays out like a story. I'm tempted to use these logs as bedtime reading material for my kid when they're old enough. Smiling emoticon. <laughs> that would yeah. be very cute. Daddy, how many horses died? <laughs> Daddy, what's a crag spider and how many tits does it have? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no that is a cool feature we didn't talk about it that much we made mention of the saga screen mostly in how it relates to uh saving and loading uh but yeah you can email yourself the full text of this yeah yeah which is really cool and and it's useful um it's something i want in like all games more or less mm -hmm. like to be able to because if you put this game down for a little while you'd be able to pick it up just fine but like knowing what history is behind you would be super helpful. Um, and I more or less want every game to be like, you know, maybe like I haven't played this for a couple of weeks and I want a little <laughs> reminder. Yeah. Like, like later Pokemons do that. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a really great feature. 
<laughs> it's really oh. good to uh, to go back to like your first couple of years and read that part of the saga, uh, just to see how bad you were at this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Urganish. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, that. Thank you guys very much again. If you have things to say about any of our upcoming games, be it Blaster Master or System Shock Two or Castlevania, mm-hmm. um, head on over to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact and hit us up with your thoughts. Yeah, uh, hit us up on uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv to help us out, to help us do cool things like the uh, the Portland Retro Games Expo um, and other things coming up. And uh, yeah, like us on Facebook and uh, give us those ratings and reviews on iTunes. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we have some uh, some brief deleted scenes here. Umbasa. Umbasa. Um, also i bit my tongue last night in my sleep i guess i don't know if i was yelling or what so i'm gonna have a little bit of a lisp i'm gonna gonna sound like isaac brock that's that's quite all right um yeah sorry you bit your tongue yeah i just woke up i was like god damn it what what happened so yeah Yeah. and i've been irate all day oh sorry to uh sorry to hear that as well but i'm happy to talk about this cool ass game yeah, it's really, it's, it's really great. Oh, and did, did you write a scab? Uh, so, so here's what's going to happen. I have a list of things to ask to ask you if they're metal or not, and I've okay. got a, I've got a way to end it. So it's going to be a little bit, a little bit of freeform jazz with some stuff at the beginning and the end. So okay, and you just want me to answer honestly? There's no, no script. <laughs> uh, there, 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 there is no script. Okay, all right, that sounds good. Cool. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, let's see here. Uh, do you want me to take this in? Um, sure. Okay.